Welcome to the Lighted Church Podcast. Lighting the people to light the world through the knowledge of Christ. Visit www.tlc.net.ng and share the gospel of Christ today. And put your hands together for the one that made his promise. That is our God and our King and our Master. He has made this promise for us because grace is abounding today. In the name of Jesus. Do you have a Bible with you this morning? I'd like us to, with excitement, open to Colossians chapter number 2. I'm going to stretch the whole of that chapter 2 of the book of Colossians. I'm going to read from verse 1 to the last verse, which is verse 23. So I'd like you to turn your Bibles to this um, wonderful scripture. And make sure you are there. Hallelujah. And make sure you are there. Amen. Are we there now? Colossians chapter number 2 verse 1 beginning. For I will that you know what great conflict I have for you. And for them in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. Apostle Paul was writing to the church in Colossus. That your heart might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father, and of Christ in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge and this I say lest any man should beguile you with enticing words that's like a warning for though I be absent in the flesh yet am I with you in the spirit Join and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware. Least any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiment of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. And I need to read this verse 10. And ye are complete in him, which is the herd of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism. Wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith 
of the operation of God who had raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, had you quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat, or in drink, or in respect of a holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of the things to come, but the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility, and worshipping of angels, intruding into those things which he had not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And not holding the head from which all the body by joints and hands having nourishment, ministered and knit together, increased with the increase of God. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiment of the world, why as though living in the world are ye subject to ordinances? What a question. I take verse 20 again. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiment of the world, why as though living in the world are ye subject to the ordinances? Touch not. Test not, handle not, which all are to perish with the using after the commandment and doctrines of men. Commandment and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom, of course, in will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Praise the Lord. I would like you to please listen to me this morning. I want to do a little bit of an exposition and of course we get some ministration and um, we get some prophetic words. Then we go home blessed. I have promised God and I have promised myself that I will stand on the truth no matter what I see, no matter what comes, no matter what is popular, no matter what's not popular till Jesus comes. I will stand firm on the word of God and I will give as many as God has given me 1, 2, 20, 100, 10 million, 10,000, I don't care how many, but the word will never change with numbers. And I will not pretend because of what I want to achieve in the flesh. I wish you can go back home and study this so that, because I'm not really having time to explain this line by line. But when you study it, you have understanding about what we are talking about. And so there is no demand of the flesh, whether in terms of church number or church population or money that will come into the church 
the money that will come into my hand or association with other ministers as people that matters in what they are doing that will make me to change what I am saying and what I believe the Bible is saying and Christ stands for in his church. So you have to be rest assured that by his grace we hear the infallible word at all times without manipulation to suit any purpose or any flesh. So that you'll be balanced in the world at all times and you will not be caught by every wind of doctrine that is as a result of the wisdom of men creating doctrines after doctrines to suit the purpose and to be able to draw men to themselves and not unto Christ. The title of this message is Come Back to Christ. Hallelujah. The New Testament church, which is the church of Christ, should be all about Christ. Nothing adding, nothing separating. The Bible said that we are complete, 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 very complete in him. And in Acts 17, 28, the Bible declared that in him we live and move and have our being. In him, in who? Christ Jesus. We live, we move. And we have our being. Every blessing is in him. What we cannot find in him is not in existence. The blessing we cannot find in him is not existing anywhere. It's a mirage. It's a fragment of imagination of man. And what his finished work has not accomplished for us is not in existence. What his blood that is shed in the cross of Calvary has not given to us in form of blessing cannot be found even in eternity. The level of grace that his death in the cross and his resurrection after burial has exposed us to cannot be gotten from anywhere, any source. Or any combination of sources. He is all. And all. He is he who made us. Who we are. And it's him that redeemed us from the hands of the enemy. To reestablish us in a relationship. That is stronger than relationship with the angels. He loved us so much that he had to give his best submitting to the will of the Father that we might have life and have it more abundantly and that we might be reconciled back to the Father so that we can also become sons and daughters of God. He therefore came for us and he therefore suffered for us. He therefore died for us and he resurrected for us. And he is still living for us. The Bible said that Jesus is sitting at the right hand side of the Father interceding for us. Meaning that he finished all the work and yet he's still doing more work for us. Interceding simply means he still wants us to come 
and remain in him till we get to meet with him in eternity. He doesn't want to give the enemy room to take over us or to take us back to where we are coming from. Jesus has done it all. Jesus has paid the full price. His blood has settled every debt of sin and death. His blood has settled every shame. His blood has settled every problem, no matter how big it might seem. He nailed every ordinance that has been against us to his cross. He nailed every ordinance that is against you from whatever power of darkness to his cross. He nailed every cause that has been working against you and contrary to you to his cross. He had already done it. He's not yet to do it. It's been settled 2,000 years ago when he died in the cross. There is nothing more that is left to be settled Nothing to be added to the blood that he shed to make it more potent. Or the pain that he took in the cross to make it more powerful. Or the barrier that he was subjected to to make it more enticing. Or the power of his resurrection to make it more meaningful for anyone to receive any miracle. Nothing can be added. Because everything that needed to be done we're done when he went through that horrific experience. He finished it all. And everything that concerns us has been settled. All he expects us to do is just to go back to him and receive all that he has already done by faith. Get to him and draw virtue from all that he has already settled by faith. That is the whole essence of humanity. That is the whole essence of Christianity. That is the whole essence of who we are. Enjoy what he has done. Enjoy what he has done. And receive grace every day by the believing that you have in him, by the faith that you have in him. We have been put in a position of peace and rest and joy. Not in the position of labor and struggles and worries and anxiety just to reach God. He reached us. We didn't know how to reach him. He reached us. He reached out to us. The only way we can reach out to him is through our faith. And unpolluted faith and saying we believe you. We believe what you have done. And that will give us an exciting life in this face of the earth. And if you have a good understanding of that, that will influence the way you worship him and take him and even come to church. I like to say that the church is a laundry ground. The church is a healing place. The church is the pool of Bethsaida. The church is a... But that is not the church. The church is a place of worship to the Almighty God. Anything can happen when you are worshiping God. You don't come to church because you need the blessing. You come to church because there is God that has solved your problems. Even before you knew it. You didn't come to church. You don't come to church because you have bills to pay. You are sick in your body. You are, that is not the reason why you worship God. So you don't come to the church taste. You come to the church excited. 
that you are going to worship him that made it possible for you to have translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God. And so when you are getting excited to leave your house, you are just excited to go and embrace him and worship and loving them all and giving what belongs to him. And anything can possibly happen as that is going on, but the focus must be right. The focus must be right. The focus must be right. The doctrine of Christ is so simple and is so straightforward. And because of the simplicity of the doctrine of Christ, the human race and the human beings who has a background of complex religious practices, even including the complex religious practices of the Jew, of the Old Testament Jew, could not in any way comprehend this simplicity. They could not comprehend this simplicity. Even the Jews couldn't in any way comprehend it. Because when their priests are going to seek God and they have to dress up and put themselves in a position to tap from God and they get themselves all well dressed up and they begin to go from the outer court to the inner court and they begin to go to the holy place. Then, as they are about to enter the holy of holies, they will no more be the same. Their heart will be pounding because they can be brought out dead from there trying to seek the face of God. And so they prepare them for possibilities and they will tie a rope right on the leg of a priest so that by the time the, 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 the bells are no more ringing and there's no sign that he's alive, they will have to drag him because God would have killed him. So they entered into the presence of God with fear and trembling. But Jesus broke that petition and make it open for everyone to come into the Holy of Holies without a fear of being cancelled, destroyed, and being destroyed by any power. He is the one that is the head of all principalities and power. And if he has opened the door for you to come into his presence with freedom, there is no power that can oppress you in his kingdom. And so if a witch throws and strays into the church, he has a place where he will remain quiet and silent and God will be blessing his people. And all that he plans to do will remain in him. And if Christ is not taking, God will destroy him if he refuses to change. But again, because of the liberty, because of the fact that the doors are open, the witch can come into the church and sit down and nothing might happen to him, especially when he's not crossing his boundaries. And that is why we do deliverance. Because some people are really possessed of some demonic spirit and they're still in church. You can't try that in the Old Testament because suffer not in which to live. God will expose them. But God is not exposing them. God is trying to see how they can be reconciled back to him. And so the church is completely different. And the simplicity of this is what the Old Testament people and the tradition of men cannot comprehend. So we try to make it complex so that it can look like God. So they begin to add the tradition of men. I didn't say it. That is what we just read in the book of Colossians. I'm trying to, you know, simplify it and present it. When you study it, you will be able to see that. And so the church began to add the tradition of men and the culture of the people to the doctrine of Christ to make it more, to make it look like 
what they tend to be spiritual make it look a little bit more like it and so the pastors are pretending the priests are pretending and all the men of God and women of God are pretending to be holier than every other person else but they lie to themselves and they lie to the power of divinity who gave us grace to be who we are it's not by qualification friends it's not by any qualification in fact if you check those that are called they are the weak if my bible is correct they are the feeble. They are those that have known nothing. They are those that should be. So how can I arrogate myself to be more powerful than you because of the fact that I received grace to be an instrument in the hands of God to minister to you? Of course, respect and honor should be given to all that is due, but no man is God before you. Praise the Lord. And so they begin to fashion out uh, doctrines after the order of men to make it more acceptable to the people. And to make it look more like spiritual. It was expressed by Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 11, 3-4. Trying to read from the New Living Translation. And he said, but I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted. What I fear that you are poor, I mean you are pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted. Just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent, ye, you happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach or a different spirit of the spirit than the one you receive or a different kind of gospel than the one you believe. He said, but I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion in Christ will be corrupted. Who is corrupting it? The people. The people. The new priests. The people that have influence over the life of the people. They corrupt it. And I like the way the King James Version put it. He said, but I fear least by any means are the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety so your mind should be corrupted by the simplicity that is in Christ. If it has been expressed to be that simple, you don't look up to them anywhere, anyhow. If we have to portray the simplicity of the gospel, then the pride of men will be affected. The highly placed seats will be brought to the same level. If we are able to show how simple the gospel of Christ is and how easy it is for us to step into God and step into the holy place, the holy of holies, then maybe they may not be as useful as they want to present you or present before you. So, as the serpent began Eve, they begin to tamper with the simplicity, begin to tamper with the finished work of Calvary, begin to tamper with the great work that Jesus himself did without consulting any human being for you to have life and have it more abundantly. Simplicity. Christians then... And especially Christians now cannot stand the simplicity of the gospel. 
they cannot stand the simple gospel. The world believes that spiritual things has to be complex to be truly spiritual. Spiritual things has to be truly complex. The one that is in the hem of affairs has to portray himself a little bit very spiritual and out of this world by the way you speak, the way you dress, the way you conduct yourself. And even the church has introduced it in what they call humilities. Humilities is a Bible college uh, topic or course that makes you package yourself in such a way that somebody cannot underrate you and they will believe in the God in you. As much as it sounds very religious and very, um, you know, very good, I don't know how to say it, it is not a doctrine of Christ because, listen to me, Jesus Christ will be in a place and, and John will put his head on his lap and be sleeping and snoring. And people will come to arrest Jesus one time and they couldn't know who was Jesus. So I don't know where the humilities come from. The way he dressed was the way others dressed. The way he talked was the way others talked. But the difference in him was the power of the Holy Ghost that he carried. That should always be the difference. And so we began to form things around us to make us look a little bit special. More special. And we didn't even know where we were coming from. We didn't even know what we used to be before Jesus found us. So it does not make sense to them that this gospel has to be this simple. So they begin to add to change it by their own cultural and traditional addition to at least make it make some sense. And make it somehow acceptable to the people. But Jesus said no. It is not meant to be. You are watering down the power of my grace. I paid it all. You are adding works to grace. You are redefining faith with material and tangible things. That you can see and relate to. No. Faith is abstract, yet tangible. When you make something that is abstract to become tangible, then it produces results. Faith, though, is abstract. Abstract in the sense that it doesn't resonate so well with the thinking of man, and you just believe in God, maybe sheepishly as it were, and hoping that something will come as a result of that. And we are seeing the result of what you are believing in as a reality. Without anything being added to that. Belief is belief. Belief has nothing to do with any material thing. Belief is in your heart, in your mind. Belief and faith is in your heart and your mind. I don't know what you understanding me. Belief and faith is in your heart and in your mind. It has nothing to do with the Bible. It has nothing to do with my handkerchief. It has nothing to do with the oil. It has nothing to do with anything. Belief is in you. In you. Belief as in belief. Belief is inside of you and has nothing to do with anything physically tangible. And so once we move from the abstract, the intangibility of your of what you are going to use as faith to make it tangible, then you are walking out of grace. You are redefining faith. You are reintroducing or introducing 
a different gospel. The church is struggling with the cross. And the church is struggling the cross with Jesus. Instead of seeking grace. Ah, Jesus, we know you did so well. But let us do some part. Let us, let us, let us partner. You have done some things, yes. But for this grace to work, I have to give myself 100 day fasting so that we can partner. You understand? So that we can do what? Before your promise come to pass in my life, let me go to the highest mountain in the world like Mount, Mount Everest and do some prayer so that I can suffer a little bit and take away some of your suffering so that at least, you know, you know the whole idea is that you share the grace too. I mean, you share the glory too. Uh, God, you did your own, yeah, but you know, I also did something that the others look at them, they couldn't do themselves. <laughs> Let us share the cross a little bit. I mean, you cannot say you paid it all. Uh, what am I supposed to do? Do nothing? Just believe? No, no, no. Let me, let me introduce certain things that will make it look like I'm also important now. I mean, I, I'm also relevant in this thing. Why should grace have to undermine me? And so we begin to introduce things that Jesus is watching. You are struggling with the cross. By doing those things that will make you take a part of the glory. But God said, I simply want you to enter into my rest. Hebrews 4.10 admonishes us to enter into his rest. Meaning that he has finished the work. You don't need to do any other work. Enter into his rest. Hebrews 4.10 For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. So, if you have to enter into his rest, you will see yourself as not going to do anything, to add to anything. You just bask under the rest of God and his finished work 2,000 years ago. Brethren, the ways of Christ, the doctrine of Christ, and the culture of Christ is very simple. And I want to advise you to please keep it that way. Keep it simple so that your life will be pleasing to the master. You cannot add to anything Jesus has done for your salvation. You cannot add to anything that Jesus has done for you to receive the promise that he has made for you. You only need to believe him and wait on him. And serve him with the sincerity of your heart. And wait till he make manifest what he said he will do in your life. The faith in Christ is from his word in Mark 9.23. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. I didn't see anything added here. If only you can believe all things. Everything you require, everything you need, everything you are struggling with, everything you are believing me for, every promise that I have made to you, they are all possible if only you can believe. So the struggle, according to the book of Hebrews 4, the struggle is to, for you to struggle to enter into that rest, for you to struggle to enter into that place of absolute belief 
that with God all things are possible. But because we are humans, we struggle with that. We cannot have rest. And we are so anxious because the challenge is coming all the days and every day of our life to us. And we are saying, how will this disappear? The word of God is not enough to disappear it. So I need to add something to it. And Jesus will be watching. And he said, you remember when I was dying on the cross? And I said, it is finished. What are you going to add to what has been finished? He said, no, you said it 2,000 years ago, but it's not finished now. Jesus, this is 2018. Things have changed drastically. <laughs> the situation has so changed, the economy has changed, and everything has changed. That time, you didn't even know what is happening now. <laughs> if you knew, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> the Old Testament faith is a faith of obedience. How do I mean? God will speak through his servant, Elijah. Tell Naaman to go and jump into River Jordan seven times. And as long as Naaman obey that, he will be healed. God will speak to his servant, Moses. Use that rod. Stretch it to the Red Sea. As long as Moses obeyed that and did what God wanted him to do, that Red Sea will be parted. And God will speak to Moses, you are tested, speak to the rock. And when Moses slightly disobeyed by striking the rock, God took offense. The Old Testament faith is a faith of obedience. And that was what Mary used when Jesus' ministry had not fully started. He was still going around with the mom and they were going around to, to some wedding parties and enjoying with friends. Of course, he has a disciple then, but the statement he made will show you that he wasn't actually ready for that realm of the ministry. But Mary has been used to whatever God said you should do, do it. That was the Old Testament faith. Anything God said you should do, do it. And I know him. I know him. I know how he came. I know he's the son of God. So listen, anything he now said, do it. And I said, this woman, you've come again. You've come again. I, I, you know, we used to talk about the father. This is not the time. But anyway, let me tell them what to do. And if they obey like they obey, obeyed in the times of old and doesn't look foolish to them, they will get the same result. And they obeyed him and they got the miracle. But when his ministry went into full force, it really has nothing to do with just what he says. It has to do with the power and his presence. Somebody will just run and say, this is Jesus. You have not said anything to me. I am not hooking up to the faith of obedience. I want to touch you. If I touch you, I will be healed. It wasn't happening then because there was no God to touch. <laughs> and, they went and she went and touched the hem of his garment. Jesus didn't ask her to do that. So the things began to change. But people were still hooked up to the pool of Bethsaida. Whereby they have to wait for the moving of the water. 
Because it's been spoken, it's been spoken that anyone that jumped into the water first or the pool first, whenever the, the angel troubles the water will be healed. And so they were still waiting. But meanwhile, this dispensation has changed. And he got to that place and saw them waiting. But they said, Well, I need to demonstrate something that is no more like this. And he told that man, you know, just stand up and begin to walk. That was not what he was used to. And he began to complain, I don't have any man to push me into the pool. And Jesus allowed him to do all his complaints. At the end of the day, he made it very clear that he is the healer, the resurrection, and the life. But friends, people are still going to the pool of Bethsaida today. Churches are still making a pool and call it the pool of Bethsaida. And said, if anyone is sick, you should jump into the pool of Bethsaida. And the kind of miracles might be happening. But God has moved beyond that. Anything that is not as simple as Christ or Jesus. It's a dilution of the power of grace. And works cannot be added to the power of resurrection. Those days he would tell them march through the city of Jericho seven times. The seventh, the seventh day of the seventh time shout. As long as there was that obedience, everything will happen. If you disobey that you're on your own. But now, whether he says anything or not, and you believe, he said to that man, if only you can believe. <laughs> the mystery now has changed from an act or set of act to believing in your heart. In the New Testament worship, No mountains, no valleys, no Jerusalem is required. Jesus said to that woman, anyone that has to worship God has to worship him this time, in this dispensation, in what? In spirit and in truth, no matter where you are. No, the religious people don't want it that way. Of course, the Jews are still religiously believing that there's no place to worship but Jerusalem. But we are believing that the best place to worship and the place to hear God is still the mountains. John chapter 4, 21 to 24. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh. The hour cometh. That means there was an old thing. And there's going to be a new thing. That ye shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. Verse 22. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship for the salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is. When he came was when the thing changed. When the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. 
That is why you can worship the father in the banquet hall of a hotel. Even without a cross being mounted. Because the worship is now in spirit and in what? And you can decorate as much as you want to decorate with cross and crosses and um, you dedicate it and call it anything. That's the kind of but the spirit might just not be there. You can import the spirit of the devil inside of it but it looks like that's the kind of a place. And so some churches build in the valley. You know the churches that build their churches in the valley? Very close to swamp? Because they feel that that is where God is. I think that must be my spirit. Then some will have to try to go to the mountains to build. So as to be able to connect with what seems to be a little bit spiritual. But Jesus by himself said, no, that time has passed. This is the time where the true worshippers have to worship me in what? So the question for you and I is, are you really worshipping him in spirit and in truth? That's the difference. Not where. Not how. So why are we still in the mountains? Is it that we, we don't like the simplicity of the gospel of Christ? Or we are simply disobedient? Or we are simply after our own flesh and our loss? Or is it because it does not look like power to us? We tend to prefer the old spirit of servanthood and not the new spirit of sonship. Romans 8 15 declares for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry Abba Father I don't know we don't have time to talk about Abba Father but Father is Father I mean I mean Father is what Father then Abba Father is the king and the prince and the owner of all fatherhood where you cry Abba, Father. Your Father cannot give you a doctrine that before you come before Him to cry, Abba, Father, for you have a need, you must have to dress on suit. You have to brush your teeth. And you're in pain. Then you have to, then it's no more Abba, Father. It's no more Father. Father is come to me anyhow you are. And cry unto me, and I will pick you up. But religion will tell us how to meet the Father and where to meet the Father. And Jesus said, No, that time is gone. I did it because I want to discipline these people, but I have come to break the walls of petition. And you are just no more servants, but you are sons, so you can call Abba Father. No, it's too simple. It's too simple. It's just too simple. How do you mean? Just call him anyhow? And he will answer me. No, if I want to call him anyhow, I, can, I will just now add something to it. I will go naked, pray in the middle of my house, 12 midnight. That is more like it. Abba. That's more like it. And I will decree what I want. Now make sure it's 12 midnight on the dot. Stand here in the center of my room, go naked. Then, Father! 
And by 11 o'clock, you are, you are being disturbed by sleep because you had a terrible day. You are, being, and you are just waking up. This, this, this sleep, you cannot destroy my destiny. My father will only hear me 12 midnight. What? You are simply disgracing the cross of Calvary. Where, where is it in the Bible? That's what the Bible called the doctrines of men. And the cunning craftiness of men. Where did they get it from? It worked, yes. Where did it work? And how did it work? And who answered their prayers? Is it every prayer that being answered by God? <laughs> you don't even know yet. The devil can seemingly answer certain kind of prayer even when you call Jesus. Jesus is a name. Jesus is what? A name. I remember my very first trip to, to Barcelona. I went with my general manager and we went into an office and the name of the guy that we went to see is Jesus. I refuse to call Jesus because the Jesus I know is too big for a human being to call Jesus. You know, Spanish people still call Jesus. I mean, it's a name. So I don't know how to call him Jesus. I couldn't call him Jesus. <laughs> I said, you. I, I mean, because Jesus is a name. So that somebody called Jesus somewhere does not mean he's calling the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He might be calling one Spanish or one Hispanic Jesus somewhere. <laughs> and I say, you Jesus. I say, yes, that's my name. Like I just recently met an Indian, his name is Heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I said, how did they get the name? He said, well, missionaries came to our place, uh, Roman Catholic people, and they just said, my name should be called Heaven. And I like Heaven. And that's his name. And I said, okay, that's, that sounds interesting. But do you know where Heaven is? He said, well, Heaven is up. <laughs> yeah, well, I can call somebody Heaven, I don't care, because it's not Heaven. But Jesus is too big for me to call a human being. But everybody calls call him Jesus. Hey, Jesus, please, can you get me that file? Jesus. <laughs> ah, it's, uh, it's such. That is a strong one. <laughs> anyway, you remember the story of the sons of Sceva? In the name of Jesus. He called Jesus, isn't it? Who Paul worshipped. That's the real Jesus. But he didn't know Jesus. And the devil said, ah, Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? Because if Jesus does not know you, there's a disconnect. And for you to use his name anyhow, I'm going to deal with, that is, before the devil dealt with those seven guys that it was like accident they got. Ah. There is a connection in the realm of the spirit when you call the Jesus that I know. And there is power that comes out of, out of it when you call the Jesus that we are talking about. And there are people that call Jesus. But the, all they do, all the Jesus they know is some demonic Jesus that call themselves Jesus. But Jesus, the one that we are talking about is the head of every principality and power. And the controller of every power that ever existed and will yet to exist. But the truth is that the name is very simple. Jesus. He had no titles to himself. And so, it becomes also a problem for the religious people to just call Jesus. And you think you just call Jesus and something happens. And so they want to add certain things to it. 
But he said, when you want to call me, call me in spirit and in truth, I will answer you. Because that's where the power is. In 1 Peter 2, 9-10, to the Bible made us understand that ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Verse 10 now said, Quit in time past, we are not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We have obtained what? Mercy. And through that mercy, we are now sons and daughters of God. We are members of the royal priesthood. We are holy people. We are peculiar kind of people. Not because of what you have done, but what Jesus has done. The religious people don't seem to like it. They don't like this Abba Father relationship. I really don't know how the early disciples can fit into our church of today, especially in Nigerian churches. You can imagine a person like Apostle Paul now decide to attend the service in a typical Nigerian church. He can't comprehend that that's the church we left. I mean, he cannot comprehend because the church has changed over the years with serious doctrines and human-made doctrines. And he could not comp cannot comprehend that the simplicity of the gospel has gone. He cannot complain when the man of God is coming to altar. He cannot complain when what the man of God says. He cannot, comp he cannot, com he cannot comprehend the, the manner that God is being worshipped. He cannot comprehend. I think he cannot relate to it. Because the church is so metamorphosed. More into the tradition of men than the culture of Christ. I am sure he will say to the Nigerian church what he said to the Galatian church. In those days, who has bewitched you that you begun in the spirit and now made perfect by flesh? Who has bewitched you? They say, many pastors, many of them, many have been telling us these things, so we gradually begin to drift. Many who? Is you one? It's not who. Many. Who are those that have bewitched us? <laughs> Hallelujah. Who are those that have told us that we can't really get God, we can't get close to God, certain things are done. Christianity has a culture. It has its own culture and the culture was crafted by Christ himself. There is a real Christian culture, which is Jesus' culture. And if you go contrary to that, you are in a human culture. In the culture of your place, your native land, and your people. I don't have a people. My people is Jesus. <laughs> of course, I know where I came from and I love them, but uh, there is a lot of difference between what they believe and what I now know. That is why what they think is blessing is not blessing. What they think is happening is not happening. What they think is um, achievement is not achievement to me. Because the mindset have changed. 
what they think it's the thing that people hear people for is not it's not what I think because somehow I have imbibed the, the Christ culture and my priorities have changed in life in line with the culture that I now know as I renew my mind I don't want to go into details it is a culture that is new to every tribe and every person in this world and it must be learnt and gotten used to people should walk up to this new culture and know that the culture should adjust itself to meet the people where they are it's like culture mellow down come come down to come to where we are let's meet somewhere this culture is jesus centered and jesus focused how much of jesus is seen in our churches today that something is like something does not make it that thing we must be careful at all times not to cross the line between facts and truth something might be factual but not the truth we must be careful not to cross the line between acceptable and the perfect will of God listen to me the power in Christianity is as follows one the name of Jesus Two, the blood of Jesus. Three, the word of God. That's the power. The name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and the word of God. Simply spoken word, decreeing a thing that has to be established without anything. The word. God created the world by the word of his power. Word, word, word. Not a combination of things. Word, you know, I mean, I love this. I love this. You know, because of culture, I don't know where that culture is actually coming from, but it, it, it interests me. That somehow, culture has come into the blood of Jesus. Initially, when many years ago, if you are praying and mention blood of Jesus, we go on. But now, if you mention blood of Jesus, everybody will shout blood of Jesus. Oh, you don't know what I'm saying. If I just say blood of Jesus, all of us will echo, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> One preacher went to a church in Houston. One of the women went to a church, a Nigerian church, to preach. And they get somebody, the pastor said, Blood of Jesus. Everybody said, Blood of. And he said, What's going on here? What are they saying? They said, They're repeating the blood of Jesus. Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, that's Nigerian culture. I don't know. Maybe some camp tribe normally repeat something for it to work, you know? Even we have all learned it. I'm praying and uh, I plead the blood of Jesus. Before, you won't even allow me to finish the blood of Jesus. So why do you have to do that? Right? Does it make it more powerful when you say it and repeat after me? Second, chanting. <laughs> and I'm praying serum for somebody. And I'm praying and decreeing. And I, say, I mentioned the blood of Jesus. I said blood of Jesus. Huh? So <laughs> have you asked yourself why you do it? Somebody have a bewitched some time ago. <laughs> and of course, it's part of those additions to make it more like it. <laughs> blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. Even after saying it, and somebody's praying for you after the service, you will still repeat it. <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> what a religion. 
And we all say it at different times. But every time I ask myself, why do I even have to repeat it? Especially when I heard the story of that church in Houston. I said, why? why? Okay, why? Blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. <laughs> if I find it's, it's, it's enchantment. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, religion is terrible. Jesus said, I'm in a relationship with you. You say, no, no relationship. We're in a religious relationship. We are religion. <laughs> Let us take religion and leave relationship alone. <laughs> God say, and now I'm Yaba Father. Yeah, you are Father in heaven. But we know how to we know how to worship God. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible said that we have been given liberty in God. The liberty includes using his name for anything that we want. And believing in the power and the efficacy of his name. The liberty is also in using his word. And believing that just that pronouncement is enough to bring the miracle. The efficacy of the blood of Jesus cannot be questioned because that was the last straw that dealt with the devil. So you can use it. And there is no power on earth that can resist the blood. No power on earth that can resist the word of God. And no power on earth can resist the name of Jesus. But they are very simple. No, we don't want it simple. The price of the cross is too much for anything in this world to be added to that price to make it more potent. It's the final and the ultimate price for sin and death, for suffering and shame, for sickness and disease, and for any problem in this world. But our modern end time Christians have far deviated from this, far deviated from where we are coming from, and begin to form a blend, a blend. A little here from the culture, a little here from the culture of Christ, and that blend will become accepted. Blend, just like we are doing colors now. Everything, every, there are more than one million names of color. I just had, um, I don't know, I don't want to mention that color. <laughs> I mean, there's so much because it's a blend. You just take a little here and mix it. You call it one name. <laughs> and that's going to be a good achievement for somebody. <laughs> uh, the regular ones are too common. So for, for us to make a difference, make a blend. And uh, the blend is coming every day. And that's why they say, what do you have? Green. Ah, no, it's not the shade of green that we want. It's not the shade. That doesn't fit in here. <laughs> We need bottle green. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so we are used to blends, even in Christianity, a little up of it so that they can make out. You should make a little bit of sense and a little bit there. So we just put it as the gospel. And Jesus said, No, that's not that's not what I left for you. Simple. Leave it as simple as it is. Let green be green, blue be blue. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible said that anything that is not of faith is sin. I don't even know how I'm going to teach it because the time is up. Anything that is not of faith is what? So, a lot of people think that sin is just when you commit adultery, commit one. Yeah, there are, there are sins and terrible sins and you do all kinds of lies. But there are also blends that are sin. Blends that are sin. That's sinful in nature. The word says that the just shall live by his faith. 
and not by his rituals. Faith. All you need to be best that you can be in the kingdom can be gotten by the unwavering faith that comes out of you. The miracle of solving every problem represented in any believer's life can be seen in these two special stories. I want to end with these two special stories of these two special women in the Bible. Strange enough, the names of the women were not written so that the emphasis will not be on them. So that the emphasis will be simply on Jesus. And that is the summation of the New Testament way of receiving miracle. The summation. It's not by any blend. One of the women is the one I just talked about sometime. The woman with the issue of blood. This woman reached out to Jesus. By herself. He didn't, she didn't study that from anywhere. She didn't get that reference from anywhere. She just ministered to herself. If I may but touch the hem of his garment. If I may but do this for Jesus. If I may but follow. You know we have formed doctrines out of if I may in this world. And it becomes a doctrine. Because to work for somebody has been instructed by God. Does not mean it's a doctrine. That is why when somebody said. One day, the Holy Ghost ministered to me that each time I come to church, I will empty my pocket. I mean, and the person kept coming to church and emptying his or her pockets. And he now came one day to testify. That even for this, so many times in his life, he would just go without remembering that. But when he gets to church, that Holy Ghost would remind oh, But I thought, oh my God, I didn't remember. And I'm going to see Francis. I'm supposed to go and I'm going to empty. Okay. We can easily pick it up because it sounds good to preach with. And pick it up and say, you see, anyone that comes to church that does not empty his pockets might never be rich. <laughs> you see? You see now? So right now, going forward, for everyone to be rich, once you come to church, you enter your pocket. And some will come and keep their money in their car or give their brother somewhere and come with five naira and, and enter your pocket. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where the difference is. What the Holy Ghost ministered to somebody and what has been used as what Holy Ghost ministered to somebody to form a doctrine. And so we're not swimming in the doctrine because it seemed good. Doesn't it look good? Especially to the church post. It looks good, isn't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. So this woman reached out to Jesus by herself. After she had done all she needed to do, spent all her money with doctors, and realized that the only option left for her healing was to try Jesus. Jesus was passing by she shone all protocol she shone all decorum she stretched her feet I 
and went after Jesus without shame, without a jot of pride in her, in absolute desperation, reached out to Jesus. And she was made whole from her infirmity. This kind of desperation can be expressed in your bedroom. Jesus, help me. You are the only one I know. Jesus. At that point, she, doesn't know, she didn't know any human being. She, she never saw Peter. She never saw James. She never saw John. She never, it was Jesus alone. Because you cannot use one eye to look up, another one to look down. When you are trusting God for something, it must be God alone. Not God, I am looking up to you. But my eyes is also looking at that man somewhere. So that kind of desperation and focus can be done anywhere. And of course, this was done in the streets. That was not done in the church. So you can reach out to God and expect him to do some miracle in your life. And he will do it. He doesn't have to be in a mountain. It doesn't have to be in a valley. It doesn't have to be in a special service. One-on-one -on -one relationship with God can achieve it when you are desperate for a change. The other one is the one that remains in the secret place of the Most High. That's the one that abides under the shadow of the Almighty. This woman never stopped going to church even when she was bent over. She never stopped going to the synagogue to worship God. And as long as she kept coming, not just, not because she wanted healing, but that was the place to worship God. Whether I'm bent over or not, whether I'm suffering or not, whether I'm in pain or not, whether I have money or not, the place to go is the synagogue. The place to go is the place of worship. The place to go is the church. He doesn't have to dictate to brethren, if God did not repair my car, I will not come to church. Stay there till God scrapped that car. <laughs> if God did not give me then stay there forever until God give you something that you don't want but he said whether there is um, the healing or not whether I'm different from them whether my sickness is obvious to everybody that I'm bent others are carrying their sicknesses in their stomach and all that but my own is obvious they said that sick woman has come again but I will still worship God I will still be in his presence I will still love him I will still cherish him. Then one day came, Jesus was there. Her faithfulness paid off. She would have excused herself from coming to church because she was burdened. She was in trouble. But she said, no, I will still drag myself to the presence of God. And Jesus looked at the whole people and said, ah, woman, you come, come, come. Her time came. That was not done in her house. That was done in the place of consistency. The Bible said we should not be weary in doing well. In this season we shall reap if we faint not. The church, as a church, does not bless. It's Christ that is in the church that blesses. So if you think you are coming to church because somebody somewhere, a pastor somewhere, a millionaire somewhere is going to bless you. You have missed it. You cannot be looking up to Jesus and looking up to a man. And so you are frowning for God because God allowed the sickness. And Jesus said, how should this daughter of Abraham be sick for this number of years? No, this time, woman, thou art loose. 
of your blessing. It's in place of fellowship. It's in place of worship to God. It's in the place where God can be found. Seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. It doesn't matter how much excuse you give. God will still be and is still doing his miracle. But we need to position ourselves on the place of miracle. And the focus must be Jesus alone. The reason why you complain you don't want to come to church is because you're looking at somebody else. You're looking at things. You're looking at people. If it is Jesus you're seeking, just keep seeking him. Very soon he will find you. He will locate you among the crowd. And he will heal you. He will deliver you. He will change your story. I mean, I can feel that somebody's story is being changed today. Jesus knows how to wipe away tears. You know, at times you can weep and your tears are dried. And Jesus is looking at And now weep again. And he goes to the same line. And Jesus is looking. But one day when you wipe away the tears. And you remember how you were weeping. You said, this God. So you can wipe this kind of, it has formed mark. It has formed, like in Bera people, you know, they have one mark here, one mark there. <laughs> Lord have mercy. The Bible said, when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, they were like them that dream. The Lord can turn your captivity at his appointed time after waiting to see how focused you are to him. You cannot be worshipping Jesus and worshipping men. You cannot be going around with all manners of doctrine because it is faster here, it is cheaper here. The fire is blowing here, you go here. You are no more seeking Jesus, you are seeking things. You are seeking miracle. Because if you are seeking Jesus, you know where to find him, in your bedroom. On one-on-one -on -one relationship with him. Then the place of fellowship is not the issue. The crusade is not the issue. Where it's happening is not the issue. Because among all the people that are there, Benny Hill was saying one day, he, said, he kept praying to God that I let him do a crusade where every human being that comes to that place will be healed. And God said, is it you that heals them? <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it you that you just come and every human being? So, some will be healed and dancing, some will, will go back in their stretcher. And he's looking at them, he's removed his face before they say, come and heal me. <laughs> because it's not a healer. There is only one healer, and that's Jesus by himself. And we can't fake it, we can't pretend it. He's the only one. He can use anyone he wants to use, but he is the only one that can heal. Most of the religious rituals water down the glory of God that's supposed to go to God because it looks more like effort and not the favor and the mercy of God. When I fasted for this, I got the miracle. When I was in Mount Everest, I got my prayer answered. When I tied mantle on my neck and soaked it with anointing oil, I got the job. When I prayed naked for seven nights consistently by 12 o'clock, my enemy died. When I prayed in the center of the market, on every market day, I began to make profit. What is the difference between the rituals they do in your village? That's what they tell you. That's the ritual. When you go to the crossroad, make a sacrifice somewhere in the middle. Now, I'm not going to make a sacrifice. I'm going to pray in the middle of the road. 
was the difference. <laughs> that is idol worshiping. This is not Jesus' culture. Someone is saying, Pastor, what are we talking about here? But you know, people like it. And it produces results. Yes, of course. People like it. But results, I don't know. Because results come from different sources. I will say, yes, indeed, people like it. But what about if God does not like it? If God doesn't like a thing, I don't want to be a part of it. No matter how much people like it. Jesus is a name. And he is the name when you call him in spirit and in truth. Friend, it must be all about Jesus and his ways. Please come back to Jesus today. Come back to Jesus this morning and remain in the place of safety in him. In him there is safety. In him there is miracle. In him there is blessing. In him there is fullness of the Godhead. And we are complete in him. And in him alone. I can see that somebody's story is about to change in this church. Somebody's story is about to change in this church. Somebody's story is about to change in this church. The word of God said that we should not be wearing well doing. Whatever thing you know you are doing well for God, please keep doing it. Don't be discouraged. Your due season is this year, I prophesy. I say your due season is this year, I prophesy. I say your due season is this year, I prophesy. Hold on to God. Your miracle is on the way. The Lord is about to show you himself strong in your life. It doesn't matter how long the enemy has molested you. God is bigger than all the enemy. The Bible said is the head of all principalities and powers. When your own come, it will be the best in town. It will be the newest in town. It will be most celebrated in town. In the name of Jesus, the Lord is about to visit somebody for a change in this church. I prophesy to somebody here that before this year comes to a close, where you are being laughed at, you will be celebrated. And people that were laughing at you will come to you for prayers. Before this year comes to an end, your testimony will be a talk of the town, a talk of the city, a talk of the nation, a talk of the state, a talk of the world. In the name of Jesus, raise up your hand and receive grace. Say, Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word. I believe in your word. I trust your word. I'm depending on your word to produce result for me. I know for sure there is only one Jesus who can save, who can deliver, who can set free. I don't want to believe in the tradition of man. I want to believe in the tradition of Christ. I don't want to walk after the doctrine of man. I want to walk with the doctrine of Christ. I want my life to glorify Jesus. I want my life to magnify the work of the cross. I want myself to be an example of the recipient of the blessing of the cross. From now, I surrender my mind to be the mind of Christ, to think right and to do right in the name of Jesus. I will no more be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. I will follow the doctrine of Jesus till the end and I will receive my blessing and my blessing will glorify God in Jesus name in Jesus name Father I thank you perfect what you have started 
the entrance of your word brings light and illumination. Let this message bring miracles in the life of your people. That they will know that the simplicity of the word can bring miracles. Let this message bring miracle before your people today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Put your hands together for the Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information on the Lighter Church, visit tlc.net.ng or follow the Lighter Church on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.